Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I like his talent, and he's the bona fide number one receiver in the offense. And this concludes the portion of the things I like about Corbin. <laughs> Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, Paige Demacos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. We are continuing our previews going throughout the NFL and previewing every division from a fantasy football perspective. Today, we are talking about the AFC South. We're going to kick it off with the Indianapolis Colts because they have quite a few people to talk about here, starting off with their quarterback, Andrew Luck, who... From a fantasy perspective, I think we all like. We do, and he's either the quarterback two or quarterback three on most people's boards. He's my quarterback three. I have him just behind Aaron Rodgers on mine. Uh, he's Look, he's healthy now. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any more injury risk today with Andrew Luck than there is for any other quarterback in the NFL at the moment. We've seen him come back and have, quite frankly, a remarkable season considering how long he did not play football prior to that. I expect him to have a monster season. He's in that top tier for me with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson of that top tier. And I think they're all pretty close. I do not think Mahomes is head and shoulders above any of the names I just mentioned. Uh, Right now, Andrew Luck's going in round five, 49th overall. Uh, I would take him in round six. He will not be there in round six in any of your leagues. But we've already discussed waiting on quarterbacks. But at that point, if I have... You know, two running backs, two receivers in my flex already, and Andrew Luck sitting there, I, I would strongly consider making that play. Yeah, that would be where it would be enough of a difference between him and the next tier of quarterbacks where if I was at round six and I had filled out quite a quite a few, if not all of my starting positions, if Andrew Luck was there, I would take him. But in my leagues he that I draft be. in, there is absolutely no way Andrew Luck's going to be there. If I'm round. starting an NFL franchise... I'm starting with Andrew Luck. I agree. If I'm starting a keeper league in fantasy, I'm still starting with Andrew Luck for the agree. next, you know, how 10 years. Yep. You go back and look at Tom Brady's career, Peyton Manning's career, they lost like one year to an injury, right? And they were really durable other than that. Andrew Luck is built like a freight train. <laughs> if the shoulder is healthy, and by throwing for 5,000 yards last year, whatever it was, he proved that it is. T.Y. Hilton back healthy. Ebron, I mean, the whole offense, Frank Reich did a heck of a job. I expect nothing but things going up from this team, and I think he has a huge year. He can run it. He doesn't get any credit for the athletic ability that he can run. He's Cam Newton if he wants to be. He doesn't do that, but he's still going to kill you. He can get 20 or 30 yards. Doesn't take a lot of sacks. I mean, he still throws a couple picks here and there, but I expect nothing but a monster year. Or more. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. What's with the work ethic that goes with it? I mean, he's got everything you'd want, and I like the weapons that he has. There was a period in time where it felt like the Colts were wasting Andrew Luck's success, yeah. and they're not doing that now. That offensive line is elite. His weapons around him are elite. He's Chris Ballard's done an unbelievable absolutely. job of flipping the script that you're talking about right now. He's done a great job with the, with this team. They've, roster. they've put more weapons around him. I, I, I don't think Devin Funchess is an excellent player, but he will be helpful to Andrew Luck in the red zone. He's getting Jack Doyle back. He's got a, a traditional running back in Marlon Mack and, he, and a very good safety blanket pass-catching option in Naeem Hines. Like, he's got all these – oh, by the way, Paris Campbell could possibly have the upside many years down the road of a T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Not this they year. Have, they have two real, like, serious burners. Yes. You have T.Y. that can do everything and go deep. Campbell can. I love Funchess in this offense because Andrew throws a great back shoulder ball, and he can be that possession guy. And Chester Rogers was – usable in fantasy last year and he'll be a, a usable player for the Colts there's a lot of weapons around him now and the defense is good enough that it's not going to put the team in a bad situation this might be the best overall situation Andrew Luck has ever been in yeah I think it is you get the nail on the head what kills quarterbacks bad offensive line play their offensive line is really good no you saw what I would consider potentially I would have voted if I had a vote vote rookie of the year for an offensive lineman last year because you saw the oh, difference. You, you saw what a difference maybe the best draft pick of last year's draft. It was unbelievable what a difference that makes for an offensive line and having that cohesiveness that Jake talks a lot about on the podcast where you have guys starting together, building chemistry, playing in front of Andrew. And when they're really talented and they and they have that cohesiveness, it makes it that much better. Yeah, I think one of my favorite plays of the whole season last year was watching him just annihilate people on, on the line of scrimmage. Uh, you guys are talking about how much we like Andrew Luck, which means there's a lot of people to eat in this offense. Okay, There's a lot of pieces 
talking about talent. So who are the pieces that we like the most here? James? We'll start with the, run, the first running back, uh, which is Marlon Mack for me. He's my running back 13 in my rankings. I have him right between uh, Nick Chubb and, and Damian Williams. I take him in round three, 27th overall. He really broke out last year. He's somebody that was kind of a trendy pick to watch a couple years ago. Uh, and, and this was really the season he broke out. Finished 12th in fantasy points per game among running backs. The slight concern you have with him in fantasy is that he just does not catch footballs. He had one game last year where he caught more than two passes, and it was the last game of the season. So he's not going to be somebody that's going to help you in a lot in PPR not help you extra in half PPR PPR formats. But he's still again when I give my rankings, they are in twelve team half point PPR formats. He's still my running back thirteen. I think he's relatively safe. Uh, he's going to be productive, and I have no reason to believe that he's any more of an injury risk than any other running back in the NFL. You so, just said why, right? The offensive yeah. line is really good. The reason that they were better last year, Andrew was better, they had a running game. You go all the way back to Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Edron James before they got Reggie. They ran it. Mm-hmm. They ran it. Edron was going for 12, 1,300 yards, and Peyton got all the credit, but they could do it. You go back to look at last year, they could run it, and Marlon Mack was the guy that did that. I think the next progression for Mack is catching it better. Yeah. You go back to Philadelphia with Frank Reich, Philadelphia struggled since having a three-down guy. I think they really want to try to make him that guy and not bring in Hines as much because then you get – everybody knows what you're going to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get predictable. I don't know if he can, but I think for them that's the progression you want. And if you take him in round three like you're talking about, yeah. that's a steal if he starts – if he catches 30 or 40 balls. That's Yeah, because you're already doing that not expecting much in the passing game. Correct. That's where you can get tremendous value add for a player like him where – his value is completely what he's doing on the ground. And if, let's say, Naeem Hines gets hurt and maybe he's forced into that role of, okay, I have to catch more passes. I'm going to be on the field more. I think some of that's, that's probably his pass goal. blocking in that offense. It's yeah. his first year in the offense. He went healthy all year. I mean, I think if he's the clear number one, I think you see a progression all the way across the board in his productivity. Absolutely. If you end up getting him in round three, you like, for instance, I go running back, wide receiver, running back, and he's your RB2 with – RB1 upside, knowing that last yeah. year he was a top 12 running back, and you know he's he's going to be the dude. Um, and if he does make a progression and move forward, like Jake is saying, that's you you have to like that. I think this whole team is going to make a progression. I, I love that. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, the guy we're going to talk about next, I'm sure, is T.Y. Hilton. I've loved him since my dad was there and drafted him in 2012. The dude does nothing but play every Sunday and put up numbers. Absolutely. And he played through some awful injuries last year. Didn't know if he was – I mean, he was still questionable, doubtful on Fridays, was playing on Sundays and still putting up 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, go ahead, Jamie. Where, your, where do you have T.Y.? Uh, T.Y. Holmes my wide receiver 11. I mean, there, there's kind of this grouping outside the top five or six where they're, it's kind of pick your poison. They're all really, really good. See, uh, I got him all the way up at six. See, yeah, you have six. I, I think he and Andrew have a big, big year. I hope he does. I mean, the only concern is we haven't seen fantasy-wise yet that top five season from T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. You know, he finished last year 10th in points per game. Two years ago when he was healthy, he was seventh. So he's got that potential to be – he's going to be a wide receiver one. He's an interesting case where I think he's safe. I'm almost certain he is going to be a top 12 wide receiver. I have no doubts in my mind. I just don't think he has any top five wide receiver finish potential. So this is more of a guy that if you're – I take him at the very last pick of the second round. I have him 24th overall. So you're probably going to get him end of the second, early third round. More than happy with him. If he's your wide receiver one to start the year, I'm okay with it. Just understand that you're not going to have quite as much upside, but he's very, very safe. Like, he's going to be a wide receiver one for the season. He's yes. little, but he plays. Yes. He's yes, tough he as freaking nails. Yes. And that you got to put an emphasis on if, if the guys that play every Sunday, right? The not availability. Is... But before we keep going with the pass catchers, I do want to talk about the, the running back pass yeah. catcher, Naeem Hines, a little bit. Uh, he's my running back 39 uh, in PPR formats. He finishes a number 37 running back last year in points per game. He's a surprise last year. He's a guy that I played a lot in my flex spot last year. He is somebody that is going to have some value for you. I think he's still going to have a role. His ADP is all the way down 123 round 11 right now. I take him three rounds higher. I think he's a guy that you can grab right around pick 100 and say, you know what, this is somebody that's going to provide weekly fantasy value for me, even if he doesn't have the high upside. That other guys, because he's not a handcuff. Like I don't think he's getting 20 touches a game, even if Marlon Mack gets hurt. But he's somebody that will have flex upside for you every single week, regardless of Marlon Mack. I, I question that only because I have this feeling that this trend in the NFL is coaches are trying to make three-down running backs. Now, everybody knows you have to have two and three because yeah. guys get injured, whatever. They're doing everything they can to not be predictable on offense. If you got a guy that's playing first and second down and staying in there for third, you're that much better. Defense doesn't know what's coming. And I think they're going to try to do that with Mack, yeah. which I think limits this a little bit. If I'm wrong, I could be wrong with four or five of these teams. 
but I think a bunch of these teams are going to do everything they can to try to get there. It also depends on how much they want to line Naeem Hines up outside, because they did do that a lot in the second half of the season. I don't know if they're going to do it as much now. You have Paris Campbell, you have a bunch of injuries to the receivers. At the end You've of the got two tight ends that are at least Jack. Well, Jack Toll's not healthy right now, but he assuming he might be. So then at that point, there's just a limited number of guys you yeah, can have. I on think the you field. got a better chance of Ebron being set out wide than you do Hines. Hines, yeah. So of those other pass-catching options other than T.Y. Hilton, when you look at Devin Funches and Paris Campbell, those guys I see in your rankings here, Jamie, they're not too far off from each other. So Funches you like a little bit better than Paris Campbell. A little bit. I just think Funches is going to get a lot of red zone targets. And if you're looking for – I mean, he's my wide receiver 48. I'm not – he's not somebody I'm actively running out and targeting. He's a double-digit round guy. But – the chance for him to get into wide receiver three or flex territory is spiking in touchdowns. And he has a better chance to do that than, than the rookie Paris Campbell because I do think Funches is going to be targeted in the red zone a lot more. I think Funches being on a team is going to hurt Ebron's value a little bit. Maybe as much as Jack Doyle being back, but I think Ebron would still be that threat. Maybe they're both out there. Maybe yeah. they're playing both slots in the red zone. I mean, they, the Colts can get really creative in the red zone this year with both of those talents. But I think if you're looking for a guy in best ball leagues, for example – or someone that, like, I'm not going to start each week, but maybe he can get me a 15 or 16-point week on a bye, Devin Funches is the guy for me. Playing the Texans, a uh, bad secondary. The thing with Funches, he's going to be on the field a ton because he blocks. He probably blocks as good, if not better, than Ebron. So if you're going to split Ebron out yeah. to do that, Funches is going to be out there. So going back to the running back philosophy is he's not going to be off the field. He's going to be their wide receiver, too. In that offense, yeah. I think he's going to get a decent amount of targets. They are going to have to get creative with Doyle back and Ebron. So... I think that probably hurts Ebron's value a little bit. I thought he slid in my rankings. Paige and I got him both last year, yeah. and yeah. he was, was awesome yeah. for us. But I don't know that – I mean, they had so many injuries to the wide receiver position last year. He played all over the place. I just don't think he has the same production. It's only a year of his career that he's done that. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about the tight end. So, yes, you and I both, and anybody who had Eric Ebron last year, was one of the best surprises of last year's fantasy football season. He ended up being a top five, I think fourth overall mm-hmm. was him last year. And he was it, it was great. It was great the whole season. It was, a, it was a great pickup because what you had seen prior to that was a lot of, he's got the talent, but he never really amounted to what you expected. To that him. point, children in Detroit – we're dressing up for Halloween as Eric Ebron with bricks as hands. <laughs> I need he, people was do, he was a bust. People have to, rem- yeah, people have to remember yeah, what this first-round pedigree, but again, bricks as hands. Kids were going around the city of Detroit trick-or-treating as Eric Ebron. So this, is, uh, this was an uh, uncharacteristic season. It's a season that he, we thought he might have had when he came out. I just have so many concerns. One touchdown regression. Yes. He's not scoring double-digit touchdowns again. There's just not a chance he's going to do that. Jack Doyle is back. At least we think he's back for now again. And he's a good player. He's a good player. And by the way, when Jack Doyle came back at the end of the season, he more than he outsnapped by Ebron more than two to one. Ebron was not on the field anywhere nearly as much when Jack Doyle yeah, was back. That's not a good you bring in Devin Funches. So you put all of these things together to me, and he is for me the last tight end I would take before I get to that group where I say they're all the same. From tight end nine to like tight end twenty are all the same. Mm-hmm. He's my tight end eight. I mean, I'm not going to own Eric Ebron in any leagues because he's going in round six right now, 62 yeah. overall. No, that's a huge. I can't take him there. I can't take him there. But if you're just if you're determined not to take any of those like that that blah of between nine and twenty, then I guess you take Eric Ebron in the last spot. I have him going in round eight is where I would take him. I think there's a chance again. He's with all these guys. There's a chance he could finish in the top seven or eight again, but. To me, it's like last year he was number four, and everything in this offseason has gone against him except injury. Here's my thing with with them. Frank Wright going back to Philly again. Which one of these guys is Ertz? I think Doyle has a better chance of being Ertz than Ebron does. He's a more well-rounded tight end that plays in more sets. So you got to get creative. Guys are getting creative for don't necessarily put up big numbers. And I think he definitely has a regression. Him out-snapping Eric Ebron towards the end of the season is not a good thing. No. That's, and not, have to pay attention not by to one or two. Like, it was two to three times as many snaps. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was... That's, that's horrible if you're an Eric Ebron over. You just, if you're not on the field, you can't yeah. catch touchdowns. Like, it's, this is this is illogical. But I do like Jack Doyle this year. He's my tight end 10. And look, he's got to be healthy. But right now, people are forgetting about him. He's... 183 going in round 16. Yeah, I think in round 11. For, sign me up for that. Last season when he played, when he was on the field, in points per game, he was a number 10 tight end. Last year, number 5. Year before that, number 18. I think he has just as good a chance to finish in the top 10 this year as Eric Ebron. And you can get him 10 rounds later. 
And I, just give me the guy that's going to be on the field. No, give me the guy that's going to be on the field more. Yeah. That's that was my whole thing with the receivers and the running backs, right? I mean, give me the guy that's going to play. And he plays more sets. Yeah. No, I am in total agreement. I think a lot of times you see these ADPs as a huge overreaction to a prior season. And at the end of the day, you, Jamie, you bringing up that in Detroit, you have to look at the total body yes. of work. Okay. I, Jake and I, Jake and I got love. I don't think I drafted Eric Ebron. No, I'm didn't. pretty sure I picked yeah. no, we picked him, him up. Yeah, picked him up off yeah, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure I picked him up, and then I ended up getting lucky all season long. But that's the point. I didn't go out and dra- use a high draft pick to get him last year. I ended up getting lucky picking him up off of waivers and then playing him throughout the season. Yep. He's not the guy that I feel comfortable with, with total body of work and all the things that have, have happened in this offseason and saying, yeah, I want to go get him in the sixth Look, round. To me, no. if, you don't, if you don't get one of the top five tight ends and you don't want to pay that price, which, again, I would be willing to pay in an auction format, not so much in a standard snake draft. Makes because a difference. It does because you have access difference. to every player in an auction. I'm waiting. I'm streaming because I think when I talk about that class from like 9 to 20, somebody in there is going to have big weeks or big half weeks. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about them as we continue our previews. I'm going to stream the position and ride the hot hand and see, okay, who's who's doing what in the offense? Because you never know. There might be a week – if Jack Doyle gets hurt, I'm not convinced that Mo Alley Cox doesn't be isn't become a major red zone threat for for Indianapolis. Lebron's like, not a hand in the ground traditional, no. well rounded tight end. You no. need that in this offense. Absolutely. Uh, defense and special teams. Are you guys comfortable drafting that defense, or is it one of those that's in the and streamable carrot? is still a beast. Yes. I don't yeah. mean whatever you do with your kickers, take one late, pick yeah. him up. On, he, they're going to score up a lot of points. Yeah. He's going to be eighty five percent. Yeah, he's my eighth kicker. Their defense is tricky, right? We've I've said this in the show for two years now. Yeah. That, front seven is freaking stingy. Yeah, no, it's good. If they're playing a, a bad running team, it's not a bad play. But, I, I mean, Jamie's talked about it. A lot, a lot of defenses are bunched up together. And they're, they're definitely playable, though. They're a better real-life defense than fancy defense. Correct. Yes. They shut teams down. They're not, not a lot in, of they're turnover, not an impact not a defense. Right, yeah. So they're 15 for me. Uh, they have a tough strength of schedule this year. Again, I'm not – not something you want to draft. I think they took, they're at LA to start the year, I believe, yeah, the Chargers. So yeah. I'm not drafting them to start no. them week one. Maybe so. playing Tennessee, depending on which quarterback's playing. Yeah. You know, those kind it's of things. And they a, stop the run really well. At home, too. Yeah. Like, it's I mean, a streamable defense. Yeah, it's sure. a defense yes. you're looking at and you're going, okay, if I like, like Jamie and I have talked about in the, pod, the podcast before, you look ahead, you go, okay, they have two favorable matchups in a row. You go pick them up the week prior, and then you have them for two weeks yeah. in a row. you got to look at the schedule and start looking at things like that. Last note quickly on the Colts. Uh, Paris Campbell's my wide receiver, 59. Uh, if you want to take a shot on him in round 12, round 13, go ahead. Rookies tend to have a little bit of a, a delay in getting involved in the offense. Especially wide receivers. Uh, I, know, I know he's dynamic, but I, I don't think this is the year for him. Maybe the back half of the year he can provide some flex value for you, but it's not someone I mean, that I would like ever J.J. Nelson a few years ago, and that's your Paris Campbell. That's kind of what I figured. No, he's yeah. going to have his shots. He's probably yeah. going to have a game where he's got 140 on three catches and two touchdowns, yeah. but it's not going to be every Call week. me one to two years. I think that yeah. he, he could be a wide receiver two By the way, if you go all but, the way back to high school, and when he went to camp at Ohio State, and they were like, come back next year and learn how to catch. They yeah. keep running the 4 3. For sure. Not natural hands, not a well rounded no. receiver. So he's just a burner. But Andrew likes to take a shot. So I mean, there's going to be this place, but it's not going to be. It's, a, it's an upside play, maybe Good best luck. ball play. Good luck but, guessing. That's yeah, one right. of those exactly. things. It's going to be one of those guys like you brought up a JJ Nelson. Uh, let's move into the Houston Texans. Obviously, start off with their quarterback here, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, because Jake and I are going to disagree on this one, I know. Okay. Uh, but I have Deshaun Watson in quarterback four. Uh, I have him just behind Andrew Luck, who we just talked about, ahead of Matt Ryan. Uh, l- look, there's an injury risk with, with Deshaun Watson. He's been hurt going back to college for each of, for about a half decade now. Yep. It, that offensive line is awful. And it did not get any better in the draft. It Incrementally. Was mind-boggling but what they did in the draft. It, it got awful. But when he's on the field, he is unbelievably productive. When his, in his rookie year, when he was on the field, he was the number one quarterback in fantasy points per game. Last year, he was the number five quarterback in fantasy points per that, game. That I give credit to. The rookie year thing – I gotta throw out with the bathwater, but go ahead. Yeah, so when he's on the field, he is going to give you QB one performances. So right, Correct. but there's an injury risk here, which is why he's at the bottom of this tier. I mean, he could miss eight games, and I don't think anybody would be shocked. Um, I hope he's not going to be bussing to games on the Greyhounds this year, like he was for half the season last year, and maybe that helps him improve his numbers a little bit. But to me, he's going to be running around like crazy because he has to. He's mm-hmm. going to be running for his life. But right now he's going in round six. I take him in round seven. Again, I'm going to be lower on all these quarterbacks from where their ADP is. He's the last of that elite class for me because he's the last of the guys that I feel like could actually end the season as QB1. There are four guys that think can end the season as QB1. Mahomes, Rodgers, Luck, and Deshaun Watson. Yep. 
I agree and I disagree. So I'm not as far off as you think I would be. I've got him at seven. Okay, so not too far. Okay. Kiki QT, Will Fuller, he has other options yeah. than just Hopkins, right? Which is a imperative for him. It's been he hasn't had that at all. Yeah. The offensive line still sucks, but I think they're gonna throw it more. That's why he's gonna have a big yeah. year. And their secondary is depleted. They lost everybody in that secondary. Yeah. Now that front seven, they can still get after the quarterback. From a fantasy perspective, we'll talk about their defense. They're still gonna get sacks, sack fumbles, turnovers. But I think they're gonna be throwing it a lot more because I think this team this team overall takes a step back. I agree. So I think he has a big year. I've got him at seven, and I like the fact that he has weapons. Now Fuller's gotta stay healthy, hasn't proved that he can do that. QT's gotta stay healthy. QT when he played was good, but he's gotta stay healthy. Hopkins, Nuke's gonna be out there. He's gonna get his. He's on the pup right now, but he's gonna be out there. If they can run it, Lamar Miller had a couple nice games last year. He strung together three or four nice weeks in a row with a bad offensive line. If they can run it at all, I think he has a big year. Is it he's a really good player, he's dynamic. He is productive when he's out there. I mean, I've got him at seven. I like him. I don't, okay. I don't have him quite in that top tier. I don't know that there's really that many guys in that top tier. But No, because none of us, n- neither of the three of us, are drafting any of these guys that are in the top tier unless said situation plays out, like I said, with Andrew Luck, where Andrew Luck drops to a position where yeah, I do feel I think Andrew Luck. It's just not happening. Yeah, I think You're Andrew Luck goes for more touchdowns, but I think yardage-wise, I think I don't think they're going to be that far off. No, I think they'll be pretty close. So if you're like in an expert league where you, quarterbacks do tend to fall a little bit more, if these guys fall into round six, round seven, that's absolutely worth grabbing. I'd probably grab Rodgers and Mahomes in round five, but they're just not going to be there in 99% of your drafts. So no. you just have to decide, if, are you going to overpay, which I don't advise for, that you do, or do you wait on quarterback, which I think there are plenty of quarterbacks this year, in a single quarterback league you'd be thrilled to start the year with? Uh, let's talk about the running back room here. Lamar Miller and Dante Foreman. Uh, Lamar Miller, you have him as RB30. Yeah, perennially underrated. Uh, look, he's not flashy. He's not. He's has zero chance to finish as an RB1. He won't. But he's solid every year. The last four years, 11th, 18th, 17th, and 24th in fantasy points per game. He's almost a lock to be a low-end-ish RB2. Mm-hmm. If, you stay, if he's out there and he's on the field, he's going to be productive for you. Nobody's going to ooh and ah when you draft him. Nobody's going to get all excited when you draft him. No, he's not him. a sexy pick. Yeah. He's an awesome player that I'd love to start my bench with. If he's the first running back on my bench, I'm thrilled because I know that I have a safe option at that spot. Uh, right now he's going in round seven, pick 77. I have him 11 spots higher in round six at number 66 overall. I, there's no reason to shy away from Lamar Miller. The only thing I would say to shy away from is Deontay Foreman's a 240-pound beast that played a little bit last year, and I think he could steal some red zone goal line touches and take away some of the touchdowns from Lamar Miller. I don't know that that really hurts his overall value yeah. for the year, mm-hmm. but if you're hoping for some upside of Lamar Miller, I think Foreman could, t- could steal that, but I think you still get exactly what you've got in the past yeah. from from – Miller, so I mean that's and the offensive line is not very good. We just talked no, about. I think but, but it was bad it. last year. Never been really but, yeah. So I think so. I, that, I mean, go back those four years and average them out. I think you got him perfect. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, same thing. Another safe guy to have on your bench that if you got to play, you're going to feel pretty good about. Yeah, it. And, and and he plays every week. He plays through injuries. Another yes, tough yes. guy. He's not sitting down with little hamstring things and that kind of stuff. He's playing through stuff. He's out there a lot. It's actually unfortunate. I wish they had actually invested in this offensive line because you look at this team and you go, okay, that, that quarterback can run that has, has legs, and you'd think that they would really bolster that because I think Lamar Miller could be a much more highly rated running back had they actually invested in putting some something in front of that. Yeah, because they paid him to come. Yeah. yeah. I, it just, I don't know. I don't know what's going on and, and with the Texans. With Foreman, like he's my RB58. They – We've been waiting for Deontay Foreman to be a thing for a while, yes, we have. and at some point he might be that, but until I see it, I'm not knocking down Lamar Miller or beating down the door to get Deontay Foreman. But somebody that should be on your radar, because if he plays and if he stays healthy, he can have an impact. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about what I have is the best running or best wide receiver in Jamie you do as well, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver one for you. Yeah, he's he's I, I look, he's he's in an offense that's gonna throw all the time, as Jake has already talked about. He's got plenty of chemistry with Deshaun Watson. With Watson he's finished number two and number four in terms of fantasy points per game. I know he's a little banged up right now, but it's July. I'm not really worried about it. He was banged up all last year. Mm-hmm. So if he's even a little bit healthier he can put up bigger numbers. Look, you, you can order the top three receivers whoever you want. For me, it's it's Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Devontae Adams in that order. You can take them in any order, but you're taking Hopkins in the first round. I would take him as high as number six overall right now. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to say about it. Nuke puts, he plays every Sunday. He puts up back shoulder, acrobatic stuff, run after the catch. He's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. He's the number one guy. I've got him number two behind Julio, but like Jamie said, you can take any of those guys. Yeah, they're right, right there. there. They're right there. Uh, that next tier of wide receivers, Will Fuller, and Kiki Kuti, 
you who do you guys like better? Um, I, I see you got them pretty close here, Jamie. And is is that more so? I think Will, or, Will Fuller has a ton of upside. It's just the injury. He has to play, really. right? Yeah. I yes. mean, I think Fuller has a bigger upside. They have chemistry going back to Watson's rookie year where they were just throwing it deep and making plays. But oh, he's yeah. got to be out there. Mm-hmm. And so does QT. But QT, is, they're very different guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Slot, more well-rounded, run after the catch, dump offs when Deshaun's moving around, that kind of stuff. But I mean, I've had Will Fuller two years in a row. He's been great when he's played. Yeah. So I, I definitely have him higher. If he plays 13 games, he could be really good for somebody. They both, you're going to get good value on him. I they think. both have upside, but Will Fuller has huge upside if okay. he's on the field. He's my wide receiver 30. Uh, I, right now he's going in round 7 at 82 overall. I have him going number 69 overall in round 6. Look, when he's on the field, he's been extremely productive. 35th two years ago, 21st last year in fantasy points per game. He has even higher production than that. I mean, he could be in the teens in terms of points per game if he was able to stay on the field long enough. I, I just think he's got tremendous chemistry with Sean Watson. With Kiki QT, he's getting targets. Like, Sean Watson targeted him a ton at the end of last season and a ton in that playoff game. So if he's right now going outside the top 100, I would have him going round 9 if it was me. He's my wide receiver 43. I think both guys just have tremendous upside here. Fuller's going to be the big play guy. Fuller's the one that's going to have you weak-winning performances. But Kiki QT could end up being the more consistent player we yeah, Fuller gets hurt. QT, yeah. I would love to have on my bench. Absolutely. I don't think I'd have both, but having QT sit on your bench, if Fuller doesn't go, he's looking at 10, 11, 12 targets, yeah. I think, because I think they're going to throw it 45 times a game. The Texans' defense last year, defense and special teams, they were third overall. Jamie, where do you have them? Are they, are they draftable defense coming into this year? They are. They're my number five overall defense. Again, I'm not spending a ton of money on defenses and drafts, but they have a tough schedule. They have the fourth hardest uh, strength of schedule. Uh, you know, J.J. Watt's banged up right now. He's pr- you can't you can't forecast 16 games for, J- for J.J. Watt at this point, but when he's on the field, he's still an unbelievably impactful player. But this is a team that puts up fantasy totals on defense. They they get stats, they get touchdowns, they get forced fumbles. I don't know how many interceptions they're going to create this year because that secondary is significantly worse than it's been in years past. But definitely a defense that's going to be off the board at some point in drafts, so you're going to have to take them if you want them. But I'm not overpaying for any defense. I'm not drafting them. I got them down to eight, maybe nine. I haven't finalized that right then. All three pass rushers that get to the quarterback and get sack fumbles are not healthy. Yeah. They're not going to all play and they 16. All have they're concerns. not right. They're not going to play 16 games. The secondary is worse. If they're not getting home or all playing together, say JJ Watts the only one of the three playing, he's still going to wreak some havoc, but he's not going to be the same guy. If they're all out there, I don't know how you block them. But I don't know how much that's going to happen. So I've dropped them a little bit. Um Benardrick, uh, Kenny, McKinney yeah, from, yeah. from Mississippi State had a great rookie year last year. Mm-hmm. Really solid middle linebacker, so they're solid there. But I don't know. I, th- I think they take a step back and I would not waste a draft pick on this defense. They, they fall right in the category of play them with everybody else. And, and the concern there, too, is you would maybe only play them twice in the first six weeks. Because here's the first six weeks matchups. At New Orleans, you're not playing them. Home Jaguars, I'd probably play them. At the Char- LA Chargers, not playing them. Home Panthers, maybe without Newton, you play them. But then you go home Falcons, at the Chiefs, at the Colts. You're not starting that defense in four of those six matchups, and maybe five of those six matchups, yeah. depending on no. Yeah, no, who's playing you. where. So, so don't waste the draft pick on them. Yeah. It's half, half the season. You're playing, yeah. playing them twice and, in the and, first and seven the first weeks. Quarter of the season right. that you really, really need those guys. Yeah, playing. yeah. they're a better defense. Draft the Cowboys defense, play them the first three weeks, and drop them. Like yeah. that, that's a much better strategy than taking the Texans for sure. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. Moving on here. Uh, unfortunately, the quarterback position is not like the first two quarterbacks that we talked about. And not and, quite. Yes. And I, Marcus Mariota, the human, great human being. Marcus Mariota, the quarterback. I know Jamie might be the might be his toughest critic. You've never been a fan of Marcus no, Mariota. I don't think he's a good football player. It goes beyond fantasy. He's definitely not a good fantasy player. I don't yeah. think he's a good football player. He's not draftable. And I, mean, I would not be surprised not if this is his last season starting in the NFL, going into a season starting in the NFL. Um, he's my quarterback 30. Uh, I expect him to, which means you're not even considering him even on a streaming basis unless you're in a two quarterback league where everybody's getting drafted if they're if they're breathing and have a pulse. Um, he was a number 32 quarterback last year when he played. That's not good. Uh, number 22 the year before that. Uh, I think he loses his job to Ryan Tannehill at some point in the season, whether it's due to injury or poor performance or some combination of both. Move on. Just not even someone that you yeah. should be considering. And I wouldn't even be happy with him as my third quarterback in a 2QB league. I mean, that's how disappointed I would be in, in that scenario. I, I agree with all that. I still think he has the potential to be a decent player, but he's dealt with some injuries, and he's tough as nails. The locker room loves him. The coaches love him because he plays through all that stuff. Yeah. But it's killed his performance and it's killed his career. I think Tannehill's a better version of him. I agree. I think he plays. I think this team overall takes a step back. I think Mar- 
Vrabel did a hell of a job last year and surprised a lot of people. Really good special teams. They ran the ball solid. They played really good defense. And they, they were the only team like the Patriots to move around that defense and yeah, change week to week. Football. I don't know that that can go another year, especially if you're getting bad quarterback play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you can win eight or nine games having Mariota and Tannehill or playing Tannehill all year long. So I think the whole team takes a step back. So I don't touch this quarterback position. All right, the running back room here. We have Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. What do we like or not like about both of those guys? So we'll start with Derrick Henry. Uh, he's shockingly going to be overdrafted, uh, again, in my opinion. Round three. Yeah, right now 31 overall. Like no around the middle of round three. I'm not doing this. He's my, he's my RB24, so I think he's a low-end RB2. Look, last year he was brutal up until the final four weeks of the season. But let's give him those final four weeks. I think it's reasonable to say that last year was probably the best case scenario for Derrick Henry. Correct. He finishes the number 20 running back in points per game. Number 20. So With four monster weeks. With yes. four unbelievable weeks. That almost didn't matter for anybody because you either dropped them or benched them during those times. Correct. Right. So that's your best case scenario here. The case for Derrick Henry is he's, his job is safe. There are very few running backs that you can say are going to get more than 20 touches a game guaranteed. And he will get that. And they will run him into the ground. He's not going to be a part of the passing game at all. I just – he's not going to have those four spike weeks that he did. I just – to me, at his best case scenario for you is he provides you low-end RB2 value, which is somewhere else – just somewhere between 20 and 25th overall player. I would take him in round four. He won't be there. Somebody's going to overdraft him, but I, I'm not running out to grab Derrick Henry. If somebody forgets about him and he's there in round six, maybe. How does this team want to win games? I just said they want to play really good special teams, really good defense, situational. They want to run the ball, play action, and they, they've drafted some receivers the last couple of years they'd like to get the ball to, but I don't know who's going to throw it to them. That's how they want to win games. Yeah. Are they going to be able to, because the only way he's getting 20 touches a game is if you hand it to him 20 times. Yeah. Well, if you're down 10 at the half, 14, I don't know that's going to happen because yeah. I don't think they can play the same defense and special teams they played a year ago. And I think Deion Lewis gets a ton of catches because he's going to be in there the whole fourth quarter as they're trying to come back regardless of which quarterback it is. I think he has a bigger upside and a lot better value because you can get him later on. Yes. I, I like Deion Lewis. He continues to be underrated. He's uh, their in, version in of James so, White. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he – so the last two years, Deion Lewis, again, one year with the Patriots, one year with the Titans. The Patriots is last year he was number 20 running back in fantasy points per game. Last year he was number 36, which, again, is not – Awesome, but that's flex territory. Yep. I think it, he's my running back 36 now. I would take him in round eight. He's going in round 10. Uh, he's going to provide you flex value on a weekly basis. And if you're in a two-flex league, he's someone that's worthy of starting in that spot. He's He, he doesn't have RB1 upside anymore because he's not in New England like he did four years ago when he was a number three running back. But he's going to be consistent every single week. He's got a very high floor. And you know what? Sometimes you win your leagues by not – taking massive risks at your flex spot. Sometimes you just want that solid player that's going to get you 8 to 10 points and not risk that 15 or 2-point performance. And D.L. Lewis is somebody I, I'm actively targeting on a lot of my benches. Base it off of I'm dead wrong, right? So if I'm dead wrong and Derrick Henry's getting 20-plus touches a game, Deion Lewis is still playing every third down. Yes. He's still going to have six targets a game. He's allowed to have four catches. He could turn that into a touchdown. He's still, exactly what you're saying, a very good flex option. He's a much safer player than Derrick Henry who's let everybody down for two years minus those four weeks. He still let everybody down because he was on everybody's bench. Yeah. So we talked about the quarterback, and if the quarterback position is questionable, I always start to look around and you look at the pieces surrounding it and you have to downgrade, even if you like them individually. Love the players, but I don't like the them players, in this office. But you have to downgrade them knowing that, A, you're not sure who's going to be throwing them the football for the entirety of the season. And two, if that person is starting, let's say it's Marcus Mariota, not sure he has the capabilities to really throw the football all that often and be that accurate. And I just said they want to run it. Correct. With yeah. Derrick Henry 25 times a game, 30 times a game, if they can. Yeah. So all that being said, Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. If Adam Humphreys who they in, just gave a ton of money to. Yeah. Yeah. Who who also rejected a Patriots contract offer? So okay, uh, go to Tennessee. Uh, Corey. Hey, Davis. get your money. I guess. Yeah. But. Go ahead. Let's start with Corey Davis. So. He's like the, the player, right? Yeah. I, mean, yeah, like I like the player. I like his talent, and he's the bona fide number one receiver in the offense. And this concludes the portion of the things I like about Corey Davis. <laughs> like, that's it. Like Big, tall. Like, he's everything you want. If but, you put him somewhere, you put him in You can't Houston, throw himself the ball. No, you put him in Houston, we'd love him. Yes. Right? You can't but, throw himself the ball. Look, he's my wide receiver 38. He's going – I mean, I have him right about where he's going. I have him number 84 overall. His ADP is 83.3. Round eight, beginning of round eight, that's fine. You're drafting bench players at that point. 
He's got a little bit of upside. He finishes a number 36 wide receiver last year, but that's where he's going to be. Mm-hmm. He's got plenty of talent, but this offense is not conducive, which is why A.J. Brown's not even being talked about. I like A.J. Brown's talent, too, they just drafted. But I don't think they have enough footballs to go around I, for I, one I receiver in this offense. He was the draft last year. A.J. Yeah. Brown's a freak, but I don't yeah. even know how, he was, how much he's going to be on the field. Yeah. They just yeah. gave Adam Humphreys all that money I to was, play in the yes. slot. I was depressed when I saw him go there. This, yeah, I was, I was depressed for him. I was depressed Shout out to Starkville High School. This was not a great draft for wide receivers in situations. I never like Hollywood Brown going to Baltimore. What do you you think, Humphreys? Like Like, I don't wide receiver sixty money, but I have him higher than than Corey Davis just because I think he's going to get a bunch of those. Yeah, I just he's wide receiver. It's got to be a full point PPR for it to make any sense. Yeah, he's wide receiver sixty seven for me. He's a if you want to grab him in the thirteenth, fourteenth round as your last receiver, I I don't see it. Here's the thing: he had one good year and it was last year, and he's not in that offense anymore. No, it makes no sense that you give him that much money because the slot doesn't play situationally in this offense a ton. Yeah. You're gonna I run it. You're not running it with three receivers out there. No. This, this team is a lot in flux. I think mean, this is gonna be one of those teams where you probably spend a significant amount of next off season discussing where they go next because I think there's gonna be. Because I lot think they shocked changes. a lot of people last year. They Vrabel did a hell of a job in that stand. You gotta give them credit. They overachieved last year. Like. They have some pieces. Yeah, I just think they're gonna be out there a lot more. They have to figure out the quarterback situation. Yeah. It, it can't be done this year. But, I mean, it's, it's Marriott and Tannehill. Those are your options this year. But you have to figure out the quarterback situation going forward. I don't need – healthy or not, I think Tannehill's going to end up being the guy who's – Tannehill's a better player. Yes. But you drafted Mariota second overall. He's still on that contract. You, even though it's a new general manager, you still have that tie. Yeah, loyalty. That you still want to see. So it's still going to be weighing over Tannehill's head. It's still going to be right there. There's still going to be a con- quarterback controversy all year. Yes. Which always sucks. Yeah, no, it absolutely sucks. Especially if they start losing early on. Because yeah. then the quarterback controversy as you're losing, which is usually when it happens, is just... Uh, let's quickly, Delaney Walker, is he a guy that you're going to have on your roster this year? He's my tight end 15. He's in that 9-20 to 20 class of take a shot on him. He has as much upside as any of those guys in that class, but I, I think he's be. lost. He's not what he used to be. Uh, he's getting overdrafted though right now. He's going around 11. I, I don't understand because he's a recognizable name. Yeah. He's, and he's, he's put up for people in the past. That's why sure. I say he's not what he used to be. I don't think he puts up anywhere near the numbers. No. Uh, the Titans' defense and special teams, are you feeling confident in them? Not not this year. They're my 23rd defense. They have a tough schedule. Uh, you're not going to start them three the first four weeks. They're at the Browns, home Colts, and at the Falcons three times in the first four weeks. You're not playing them there. You may, might play them in Jacksonville. Uh, but I believe that's a Thursday night game, and they're on the road. So you might not even want to play them that week, too. Yeah. So, like, not, not one I would consider. They're going to be on the waiver wire. There'll be certain matchups that you like, but not somebody I'm even considering on draft. Yeah, I've already said what I think of their defense, especially. I think they take yeah. a big step back. I think they're well coached. I think they're going to try to do the same thing. I just don't, I think they're going to be out there a lot. Yeah. Which is never good. Is never good for any defense. All right, let's finish things off here with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Obviously, the big news for this team in the offseason is bringing in a new quarterback. It's no longer Blake Bortles there. Uh, it is Nick. Foles, is he? Are you having any confidence in Nick Foles from a fantasy football perspective? No, not in a single quarterback league. Uh, in a two QB league, he's not my. I mean, he's not my top twenty-four. He's QB twenty-seven for me, but uh, he's at least playable in a two quarterback format. I, I just Nick Foles. Sometimes we, we've seen some magic around Nick Foles, but we've also seen a lot of terrible play. Like I, people have kind of whitewashed his career now because yeah, of the playoff nice, performances. A, they forget how yeah. terrible he has been. Even with the Eagles, he was really bad in a lot of those games for the Go Eagles. Go back to the first three games last year? Yes. Yeah, you know, he, he was, was really bad. So, uh, to me, it's, look, uh, I, I don't see much upside here. I really don't for, for Nick Foles. I think overall the team is better. I think if Fournette can stay healthy, they run it better. I've got Carlos Hyde as a two option. I think they're going to run the crap out of it. I think they're going to play action off of that, which kind of fits into what Foles does. But Fournette's used to being behind the quarterback, and Foles plays primarily in the shotgun. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big transition. The, you know, the thing is, Bortles gets killed for his talent, but the guys in the locker room loved him. Yeah, you know? no, he's a very well-liked guy. And now you got a guy that's coming in, and they don't think the players don't know that he sucked for the three game, first three games last year yeah. and then won the Super Bowl and got him in the playoffs and has this magic, but he just got paid. And there's a bunch of veterans on this team that want that money that he just got. For sure. All that stuff can play into how good you are because I don't know how much he's going to take over Bortles' locker room leadership role. And also, he didn't 
have that playoff performance with these guys. Right. So maybe had that feel in the Philadelphia locker room. Doesn't mean it's going to transfer to Jacksonville. And the Philadelphia locker room wasn't all aboard the Nick Foles train. There were very conflicting reports of how people felt about what was going on in that locker room. And there was a lot of loyalty to Carson Wentz as as Nick Foles made his way out of that locker they room. They all appreciate their rings. Correct. But that's yes. about it. Yes. As far as numbers go, I think you're going to be looking better than Tennessee quarterback position for sure. But I think they're going to try to run it just as much. But not by much. And play not action off of it. Not by much. I'm not – he will not be drafted. No, no, no I'm not. I'm no, not touching Not even in a two-quarterback. Not even in best ball formats. Like, I don't even no. think he's got this massive offside no. for, on a week-to-week basis. I, I do not like him at all. Uh, Leonard Fournette, I am obviously going to go to Jake here. Yeah, go to Jake because first. Because if you are a listener that has – transferred with us, has gone from our TD Fantasy last year to our TDN Fantasy this year, you know that Jake and Leonard Fournette, they were in the same room. They might have some words because uh, Jake had a tough time with Leonard Fournette last year. I called him out multiple times, okay? as I should have. Yes. You're a grown-ass man making some serious money, and you're trying to get paid again, and you almost got cut. I still got him in the top 15 of my running backs. Yep. If he plays and he's healthy, and he never is, and that's the biggest risk here, mm-hmm. he's getting 20 touches a game. Mm-hmm. He gets a couple dump-off passes. If he didn't have any chemistry with Foles, he could stay on third down and pass block. Carlos Hyde came in last year, even when he was hurt and all stuff was going and still didn't get that much. And playing running back's not that hard to learn mm-hmm. to come in and play. And he was playing, what, four or five snaps a game? It was, yeah. it was weird. He's their guy. He's now getting close to a contract year. This isn't a contract year. He wants to further his career. He's got to prove that he's got to be on the field. He can't be out there with little hamstring stuff. Go play. And don't be probable on Friday and not play on Sunday, dude. That's my big thing. You're going to be questionable, be out, be out. Yeah, that is. But you've proven you're not tough enough to be questionable or probable on Friday and play. If there is a way that you can give uh, early gray hairs to fantasy football Mm -hmm. players, it is by showing up like what you just said. I'm not taking him 11th like I took him last year. No. But if he's there in the third – yeah, I got it, got it, I got to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be fun owning Leonard Fournette. <laughs> no. However. Especially if I own him. You want to win. And sometimes you have to take players that aren't as fun and that stress you out. He's my running back 14. I would take him in the third round, 29th overall. That's where he's going right now. The most valuable and the most scarce commodity in fantasy right now is running backs with guaranteed touches. And Leonard Fournette is one of the small handful of running backs with 20 touches guaranteed yes, when, he is, when he is on the field. And he has been productive when he's on the field. It's, two years ago, he was the number seven running back in points per game. Last year, number 14 in points per game. You know he's going to miss some time. I think you absolutely have to handcuff him with Rykel Armstead because uh, I don't believe Alfred Blue is going to be their backup. But, you, but he is somebody that has true RB1 upside. He could be a top 10 running back for you very easily. Like You don't have to even twist your mind that much to think he could finish as an RB1 if he stays relatively healthy for the season. Uh, I, I have him right between Damian Williams and Aaron Jones for me. I think if, if you have him as your RB2, you're thrilled. If, he's your, if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, and he's your RB1, I think you can live with that. Yeah, he's got... Two. I think you can. I think you have to. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's sitting there, but he's got to go out there and do it. I think this team takes a step forward and bounces back. I think this defense is going to be really good because I think he's going to be out there and they're going to run it really well. Yeah. That defense, who is still really talented and a little bit older, but still really talented, is going to be fresh and not be out there all day like they were last year where yeah. they took that big step back. I think they're going to be in a lot of games. Not only that, but you would hope that their defense maybe took a lesson from last year and all the talking that was happening ahead of the season and maybe learn to uh, just play football a little bit before we start the talking. Uh, Armstead, is he a guy you feel comfortable drafting, James? Yeah, because I, I think he could be the guy. Uh, it's, again, it's between him and Alfred Blue right now to be the guy behind Leonard Fournette. True handcuff situation, though, right? I mean, it really gonna, is. If you're going to take Fournette in the third round, you've got to take one of yeah. those guys. Like I, I mean, right now, Armstead's going in the 18th round. I mean, I, again, reach, I reach him six rounds higher in round 12. I mean, if you get Leonard Fournette, I think you have to get right call Armstead. They're high on him. I think he's going to be their backup. And again, I cannot... In good faith, predict Leonard Fournette to play 16 games. I just absolutely cannot do it. So make sure you you, you figure out the situation because Armstead could be a guy that gets 15 plus touches a game with Fournette out. Yeah, not nah, same thing. I, mean, I think you have to hang up. And I, I like that option. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee. Do we feel comfortable with either one of those guys? You know, Nick Foles can throw the ball. Comfortable, no, but I kind of like them both where they're going. They're wide receiver 44 and 46 for me, so they're really close. One of them, uh, Westbrook, is 97 overall where I put him. Uh, Marquise Lee 114. Westbrook, I think, has the most upside. I think he's the guy that is would be their number one wide receiver there. 
He's finished inside the top 50 in fantasy points per game the last two years. I know that's not high praise, but they haven't got great quarterback play there. And he hasn't played. He's had injury issues. And he's had injury issues. So he's someone that could have some flex position upside. Marquise Lee, I think, is the bigger one that could boom for you. I mean, he finished. I mean, he missed pretty much all. Missed all last season, didn't he? Uh, And then, but the previous two years finished 40th and 33rd in fantasy points per game. He's got that potential to be that wide receiver three for you. But good luck guessing who it is. I don't know if I'd take both of these guys because I don't think there's enough passing in this offense for two top 40 wide receivers in it. But I, I'm fine taking a risk with either one of these guys on your bench. I think Marquise Lee right now is probably the best value. D.D. Breastbrook's kind of going where he should be. His ADP is 115. I have him at 97. Marquise Lee is 225. He's going undrafted yeah. in a lot of formats. Marquise Lee, I think, think Nelson Aguilar, right? Yeah. If he gets that chemistry that Aguilar had with Foles when they played – you can see that kind of production. D.D. Westbrook could be a two in a lot of places and be really yeah. solid. He is definitely the one on this team. You know, I, I think you've got him spotted both perfect. I think either one of them have giant upside because I don't think they're going to throw it a ton. I think it all goes back to what we just said. They're going to be in a lot of games. They're going to be a lot of close games. The defense play really good. They want to run it. Yeah. And they want Foles to have some magic, kick a field goal, or win a game, and they move on. He, he's not on here, and he's not in my top 25, but if you want like a super, super, super deep sleeper, Jeff Swain at tight end here. His comments about the reason why he signed in Jacksonville because he wants to catch the ball and he wants to catch it from Nick Foles. I don't know. If, again, I don't know what the production is going to be, but Jeff Swaim is a talented player. That's it, a great nugget. It, it's yeah, it, it's it's a, it's a like. There's where else is the ball going to go? Like who's yeah. the Earths? Yeah, who's yeah. the Earths? And by the way, they don't. I mean, Leonard is not a pass catching back. No. no. So who? What is the safety valve in this offense for Nick Foles? Maybe Jeff Swain could be like, yeah, if you want to take a shot on him. He can catch. Yes, he can. That's that's a great nugget. If you want to take a shot on him super late or somebody to keep an eye on, like putting a little watch list on the waiver wire. take of the week from the Jamie. Yeah, Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. That was good. I like that one, too, because there's a good chance. He went in the freaking archives for that one. He's going to be undrafted, and you can pick him up and have him be one of your guys that you go week to week with. Yeah, wait and see three or four weeks if if he becomes – Ertz-ish in that offense. I think the difference is is pay attention because if you see him have a good week or two, grab him before the rest of your league. The rest of your league might need two, three, four weeks to be convinced. I don't think you need that long. If you start to see him having chemistry with Nick Foles, add him to your team. Yep. Start paying attention now. Training camp, preseason, going into week one. If you start to see trends, you start hearing things, you like what's going on That's a great point before we move forward. You're not going to get a ton from week one and week two in preseason. Watch the first half of week three. Yes. You're not getting full game plans, but your starters should play the first half, first quarter in a lot of situations. You're going to see what your team is going to look like if it's different from last year or if it's very similar to what you're used to seeing. That's all you're really going to be able to pick up. But watch the first half of those week three games if these teams you're interested in, especially these ones with new coaching staff, new offensive coordinators, new quarterbacks. you got to see a little bit of what it's going to look like. Correct, because you can't go off of a guessing game. These are a lot of these scenarios. If you haven't drafted already. You were yeah. talking week three by then. It's close. Now you draft a guy, you better watch and see what you think. But also, don't don't stop on draft day. Like, if you've drafted early, or even if you draft on the third week of the preseason, pay attention to what's going on around mm-hmm. you. Because the worst thing you can do is hang on to players you drafted late just because you drafted them. If yeah. you see players, you see things emerging, that doesn't mean you, because somebody has a 100-yard week you go after them. But if you see true ch- trend changes that are emerging – Make your move before your league does. Yeah, that's how you win. Yes. That's how you win is being ahead of the curve. Uh, do the Jaguars' defense and special teams, do they have a bounce back year? I think so. They're yes. my four, number four defense. You're not starting them week one against the Chiefs, but I would start them at the Texans and then at the, versus Titans versus Broncos. Um, I think they're going to be one of the top defenses. They were, again, two years ago, they were the number one defense in fantasy. I think there's a very real chance they could be there again, at least in the top three. I just said I think they have a big defense year. I think they, they run it well. I think the defense is out there less. They turn it. They turn it over a ton. They hit the Talent's quarterback. There. You both corners are ridiculous. Good safety play. Good linebacker play. And they got everything it takes. I got them in my number five defense. You could easily have them at number two. I, yeah. I think they're going to be really good. I think they're definitely draftable. And I think because of last year, they probably slide a little bit in a lot of leagues. Mm-hmm. You could pick them up late where you would normally want to take a defense and not have to reach. Absolutely. Uh, let's transition here to props. Yes. We're going to go over the win totals for each of these teams in the AFC South, and then we're going to look at some prop bets that we like from individual players throughout this division. We're going to start with the Indianapolis Colts. Their win total is 9.5 in Vegas right now. Jake, over under? I got them over. I got them 11-5. and five. I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I think they win the division. Uh, and I, We always talk about if I'm a game and a half off of Vegas, that it's kind of getting in that territory. I feel pretty good. I, I like it because I don't. I don't think the Jag. I don't think anybody else can really 
compete in this division. They got to stay healthy to do it, but I, I mean, I think I don't. I like them. I, I think twelve and four is, is a good possibility. So I definitely have to. Especially it, if you look at what they did last year, I think they're better going into this year, absolutely. year two with Frank Reich. You absolutely. know that you know that Andrew Luck is healthy. And I think overall the division is worse this year than it was last year. I think the Texans are bad. I don't think they're going to be a good football team this year. I think they take a step back, and I think the Titans do as well. We all decided that, and the Jaguars are average. They'll, they'll be better than last year. Dude, that yes. one's going to be a tough game for them. Yes. Yeah. But they stop the run well, and they score on everybody. The thing with the Colts, too, on offense, as good as they played last year, they didn't put a ton of stuff on film that you're going to be able to game plan for in the offseason. They hodgepodge the crap out of that. Yeah. We just said Ebron's not going to have the same role, right? I like them. I think they're going to be really, really solid. I like them as well. I, I have them 10 and six. I have the over. I have them winning the division. Uh, I, I, I don't really, see, I don't really see any team with even within two games of them. Um, I think they're they're just the most complete team uh, in this division. I don't think it's very. I don't think it's close. Their offense got better. Um, I think their defense, even if they just replicate their performance, even if they don't make any improvements, it'll be more than enough for them to win this division. Uh, I li- again, I only have it half game over what Vegas has it, but I, I do like the Colts there. Both of you going over here. Uh, Jamie, I'll go to you first for the Houston Texans in Vegas right now, eight and a half. I have a slight under. I've made eight and eight going into the season. Uh, I like their offense a lot. There's a lot of injury risk at every position for them at that, especially with their offensive line as terrible as it is. Um, there's, there's injury risk on the defense too. Their secondary is brutal. Uh, I think they have enough offense that they're going to beat up on the bad teams and they're going to be able to use their schedule to get enough wins to at least pretend like they're in contention. But I do not think they have a winning record this year. I had them at 8-8. Eight eight. I just changed it to 7-9. and nine. I think this defense has too many injuries. It's getting too old. The secondary, they lost everybody. You want a stylistic type of play, it's the Chiefs from last year. They're going to air it out, throw it all over the place, but the defense might be that bad at times. Now, Merciless and Clowney and J.J. all play together. Maybe I'm wrong, but they still got to. They either got to get to the quarterback or they got to cover somebody. I got them going seven and nine. I got the under. I don't. I don't. I'm not high on this team. They got to take a step back from what they've been doing. They kind of been overachieving for the last couple of years. This might be to steal a phrase from uh, Bill Simmons that I've used on the podcast before. This might be the good bad team. Yes, they're not. They're not good enough to be with the playoff contenders, but they will beat up every. Six and you know five, six and seven win team, pretty convincingly. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would agree with that. Uh, the Tennessee Titans, we've discussed them taking a step back. Their Vegas win total is eight. Jake, what do you have here? Ooh, I got it way under. Actually, eight. I like. It. I got them five and eleven. Oof, I think they yeah. take a big step back. And what do you, what do you have to have in the NFL to win? Good, a quarterback? consistent quarterback play. Now I will give them credit. They have a really good offensive line. Yeah. They got beat yeah. up last year and they still made it through it. I just don't think they can play the same way they played last year. I think they have to take a step back. I don't think they have enough to get it done. This division's going to be tough. Every one of these games that they played in their division, they're not the better team. No. Yeah, they're, they're going to struggle to even – I mean, they might go 2-4 and four in that division and be lucky to go that much. Uh, I have them at 6-10. I have the under as well. I thought they overachieved last year. Again, the quarterback play is atrocious. Uh, you know, there's a good chance – if you get the first 12 weeks of Derrick Henry, your running game wasn't that great either. Uh, I just – to me, there's just not enough weapons on this team. They're coached well. They play solid defense. They have a great offensive line. And that is why they can get to these totals because everything else on that team is probably three wins yeah. worth of value on that team. But they're 6-10 and 10 for me. I, I feel pretty confident in the under. I cannot see – I mean, to lose this bet, they have to win nine games again. I, I can't see it. Yeah, and both of you, when we're assessing these bets and, and looking at stuff, you both are quite a bit under. And if you know anything about how this works in Vegas – they go way over on the wins because fans tend to have excitement. They go in these. They think, "Yep, my team's my team can win this many games." They they give in, they give more than enough wins. There's too there's many more, wins. Yes, there's a, there's an inherent advantage to betting unders because Correct. the Vegas. If you add up all the Vegas win totals, there are more total wins than possible. Oh, and by the way, keep in mind ties aren't wins. Yes. Or half wins. Ties yes. are, are basically equal to a loss when it comes to Vegas prop betting. Yes, that, so, that is that's another benefit that's on your side for the under. To this yes. team's credit. If you drop Kirk Cousins in Nashville, I like him. Yeah. 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 You're talking about good defense, good offensive line. Yeah. Like, from a football perspective, they're not far from being where they want to be. No, I just think just this is the year they take the step back. Yeah. And you start getting towards the end, and you start getting in the quarterback sweepstakes in the draft, seeing how bad you are. I don't know. I, I think they think a big... Of, all I'm saying, there are a lot of quarterbacks that people like coming out of this year's draft class. If, if things get ugly early here... I think this team could take yes. a huge step. There's a kid step. three hours south. They'd love to have him. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's one up in Oregon, too. Yeah, absolutely. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Interesting, these teams are not all that far off from each other in mm-hmm. Vegas. Nine and a half is 
the tie-in with the Colts, and everybody else is eight and a half, and then eight and eight. The Jaguars total here, also eight. Jamie, you going over? I have the slight under having them seven and nine. Okay. Uh, I, I expect an improved season from them, but I still don't think they're going to get top half of the league quarterback play. Um, there's always the concern that Leonard Fournette misses significant time, and that turns into a, a locker room disaster. There's also always a chance that locker room turns on itself again halfway through the season, and everybody's yeah. fighting. I just think there there are two uh, there are just too many things that I'm concerned about with that team. They will still be better than last year, but I can't see them truly being in playoff contention at the end of the year. I have them at seven and nine. Another concern is the Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone, yeah. who's the coach. I love Doug Marone. I think he's a hell of a coach. We've said that on the podcast a lot, but I don't know how much meddling there is going on. That being said, I've got him at nine and seven. Okay. So I've got the over. I don't like it. I can easily see what Jamie's saying. But if I'm right, they run it better. That offensive line they paid a lot of money for a year ago all got hurt. That defense, I think, should be really solid. I think they're in a lot of games. So I got them right there. They seven, nine, eight, eight, nine, and seven. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I think they probably piss some people off late because I think they think they could and they're going to be fighting. You don't want to play them. No, you don't want to play them in December. When Jamie and Jake disagree, that's where I tell people that listen to the podcast to stay away. I would stay away from that bet because they're both yes. they're both very close and on one side. Oh, other, with one game of what yeah, Vegas. Is. So Vegas is right between Vegas. Yeah, and I, so. so don't just. Yeah, that might be the best <laughs> case scenario. Of don't touch that. Just one. Yeah. don't touch that one. Uh, okay, let's finish things up on this pod with the prop bets. Let's start here with Andrew Luck, forty five hundred point five yards. Jamie over under. I took the slight under. I have my projections come out to 4,493. So seven and a half yards under the yeah, total. Yeah, that's real close. Um, to me, if, if you want to err on the side of going against me, it's going over on this one. Uh, I, I, I'm not worried about Andrew Luck's health. That offense got a lot better. They're going to throw the ball a ton. I guess maybe the only concern is that they might get up on a lot of their games too much, and he, Luck might not have to throw as much in the fourth quarter as he has in years past. But I, I think this line's right on the money. Yeah, it's a tough one. I got it over. I think he's probably pushing 4,800 because I think they're going to throw it a ton, but you're spot on. I don't know how much that's going to be in the second half. Yeah. So we'll see. I think they're going to run it as a secondary option to lighten it up with Andrew, uh, but run it enough to keep the defense honest. So I got, I got the over. Jamie, that's simulation. You're real close. Yeah, so, real so I, sh- I should tell people what that is because I've explained yeah, you it. you should break it down. So on the draftnetwork.com with my rankings, you'll, you'll see an explanation of how I got to the rankings. But one of the portions of it is I, I took projections from seven different outlets and I weighted each one of those seven based on past success of being being correct. Put it all together and kind of spit out a season projection. And then from there, for my rankings, I adjusted based on injury risk, opportunity, upside, that kind of thing. But for this, I'm just going strictly off of what the projection had told me. And, and yeah, 4,493 is what that – In case you people listening are out there, I wonder <laughs> – I don't do that. <laughs> it's the yin and the yang I, I have here on the podcast. I go off 41 years of what my eyeballs and my gut tell me and go what the football field says, which is what, that's what makes the show if great. You're, if yeah. you're new to the show, yes. that's the kick-ass dynamic that a lot of people don't have is the analytics of fantasy yeah. with the football matchup side of it and who's right and who's wrong. And it's funny week to week because I'll be like, no, that doesn't make any sense. Or Jamie says, no, that doesn't make any right. sense. It, it's It's – it makes it yeah. to me it's what or makes the dynamic. Or we arrive so at the same point just from completely different sides. Which is you know? why and that's when we we both when that happens. By yeah. the way, ding ding ding. Yeah. yeah, that's why I said when they're both when when they disagree and it's very close like that from yeah. a gambling perspective, I'm always like stay away. And yeah. when they both agree, there's a good chance that might end up being a lock of the week when we uh, head into the uh, football season. Deshaun Watson here, his prop for throwing yards here is 4,075.5 yards. Jake, over-under. I got the over. I think he's pushing 4,500 just because I think the defense is going to take a step back. They don't run it very good. I think they're going to throw it a ton. And if those receivers stay healthy, I think getting over this is pretty easy for him. He has to stay healthy to do that. He does. And that's why I have the slight under, just because I'm worried about him missing some time. I think he will miss at least one or two games. Just it's the nature of how Deshaun Watson's career is gone and the nature of having that offensive line the way it is. But I still have him at 4,054 in the projection, yeah. so he's really close. But to me, if you, you're looking at this, there's a much better chance that he plays 13 games than 16, in my opinion. So 100%. when that's the case, I think you lean toward the under. Uh, Marcus Mariota, a significant difference <laughs> yes. here in the, uh, in the yards for throwing. 3,025.5 yards. Jake, over under. Under. I think he can play 12 games and go under. That's very possible. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah, I, no, I don't it's... think they're going to throw it a ton when he's in there. I don't think he's going to be in there a ton. So I think this is a, if this is actually sitting out there, I'd feel pretty good about taking the under. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the under as well. Uh, I, one, I don't think he's. Bing, bing, I think bing, he maybe bing, starts bing. half the games this year. Yeah. Uh, there's oh, injury risk, and it's not like he would really 
I mean, yes, if he plays all 16 games and starts all 16 games, he'll go past this number because it's just a low number. But it might not be till I think December a, until I, he gets to that number, even in that scenario. I think there's like a 5 to 10% chance that he plays all 16 games. I, I just, I'm going to chips that. I, like, I just, with the injury risk and also just with the fact that Ryan I could see him getting benched. Roster, Let me, I mean, there's some saying, games The where, head coach didn't draft him. That's no. exactly head coach wants right. to win. Correct. And then and he ha- thinks if he gets decent quarterback play, yeah. he's going to win. I, I, yeah, I think it's more of a hook and, than an injury. And, and this sure. is it for Mariota. Like, they don't know, they're not on the hook for anything next year. No. So, yeah, I, I think the big key there is the head coach did not draft him. There's no loyalty from the coaching yeah. staff. And at the end of the day, the coaching staff has to do what's best for the coaching staff to stick around and play and win because they want to keep their jobs. And if they think that Tannehill is going to be the guy – then they're going to play Tannehill. And they this, don't care about And this Mario. is a team that's going to go into the season thinking they can be a playoff team because they were last year. This is not a scenario where you're like, well, you know, we're not going to do it anyway, so let's see what we have in Mariota. No, they think they can be a playoff team. By the team. way, at practice, Tannehill's going to look better. 100%. He's going to come out of his hand different. He's going to throw a harder ball. The coaching staff's going to go, oh, dude. It's going to be tough. I think it's more of a hook than it is an injury huh? thing. But I don't think he, I don't think he touches 3,000 yards. Uh, Nick Bowles, 3,825.5 yards, Jamie over under. I'm slightly over. I have 38.58 for him. They're not. He's not going to be afraid to throw the ball to either That's team. For sure. uh, so, <laughs> so it, 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 it's they're going to sling it there when they need to. I think there's going to be some games where they're da- they're down in the fourth quarter and they're going to need him. Mm-hmm. Um, but little fourth quarter fools. I, I, I don't think know. I don't think it's the 4,000, but I think he can get slightly over that number. And I, I don't think he has any chance of being benched in year one. Yeah. No, they have zero chance of getting benched. That's he's playing and he plays every week. I got the under just because I'm going to go with what I said. What I think this team's going to do: play really good defense, run the crap out of it, be in a lot of close games. I don't think they're going to have the 55 throwing games that Bortles had last cup last year, especially because I think they're they're going to be better. I don't think they're going to need to. I wouldn't touch it at all. I think that is a really good number for yeah. Vegas at 3800. Uh, Derrick Henry moving into running backs here: 1,210.5 yards. Jamie, when we were prepping for this podcast, you brought up an interesting point, and that was that last year there were only 10 running backs, nine running nine backs. Nine running backs that, that had 1,000 yards, yards, and only three running backs that had 1,200 yards or more. And those, by the way, those three running backs were Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, and Todd Gurley. So my question to you is Derrick Henry is not one of those players. Thank you very much. So I'm guessing you're going on. Yes, I'm going on. Or is he getting the extra 200? Yeah, I, I, I think he can replicate last year's numbers because I think he's going to get more than 215 touches, or excuse me, 215 carries, which is what he got last year when he put up 1,059 yards. So I think he can probably be up in that 250, 260 range, but I still don't think that's going to be enough to get him to 1,200. No, I, I take the under and feel pretty good about it. All right. We let, another ding, ding, ding. We're going to have I think they're throwing it a lot. Well, I think they're exactly what we just talked about with Jackson, but Jacksonville, I think they have a better chance of that actually happening. Marlon Mack, 1,025.5 yards. Jake, over-under. Has the potential. I don't think he plays all 16 games. I think if they're running it in the fourth quarter to win in lockout games, I don't think it's him doing it. Okay. I think they're going to save him a little bit in that, so I'm going to go under. Okay. I'm going to go over. He had 908 yards last year in 12 games, and only the 10 of those games he started. Uh, even if you only give him a couple more games, even if you just completely wipe him out for two or three games, I think he can get over this 1,000-yard mark. I have him just over that at 1,044. He's the benefit of – his touches are going to be carries. Yeah. Just quite frankly. He has, yeah. so, so he has the chance to get he over 1,000. He has the potential more. to go – he has the potential to go 12, 1,300. Yeah. yeah. If, if he's the guy getting that many touches. I think they've learned from the injury stuff in the past, though, that I think yeah. his touches might come back just a little yeah. bit. But I, I agree with you. I just, and, and if you place all 16 games somehow, he's way over this. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, absolutely. Wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, 1,275.5 yards. Jake, over, under. Over. I feel good. I think he's a monster year. I think he's top five, six at the end of the year. I think they have a huge year. Yeah, I think over as well. I have him just over 1,300 yards. I think he's, he's when he's on the field, he's going to be very productive. He has some protection now in that wide receiver room, too. All right. DeAndre Hopkins, 1,435.5 yards. Jamie, over, under. I have it slightly over. I have it 1,453. I think, to Jake's point, the Texans are going to throw a ton. He's going to be – he's the guy that I know is going to be on the field. I don't know yeah. which – I don't know if Fuller and QT or one of the two or neither of the two are going to be on the other side. But Hopkins is going to be on the field. He's going to get a ton of targets. There is some injury risk. He's hurt right now, but I don't think it's anything for the season. He plays hurt. He played hurt all season last year. He plays. He's he's going to put up a ton of numbers. And if the Texans are down late, like we think they're going to be a lot of times, he's going to be the guy that they're going to in the fourth quarter, even if they have to force it in. Yeah, like go back to the Colts at Indy last year when he had that crazy catch out on the slant and run after the catch. He's a freak. I think he's over. I think it's close, though. Uh, I, I think it's close. I don't Yeah. 
How can uh, guys when we've reached the end of the podcast? How can everybody follow you guys on social media? So you can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at J Eisner FFB on Instagram. It's yeah. my new Instagram. It's all fantasy football related, so you don't have to look at my girlfriend or the food I'm eating or where I'm at. All gonna be all fantasy football related and kind of like companion pieces to the podcast. We love it. Yeah, everybody, yeah. make sure you're following him on the gram and on Twitter. Jake, how can everybody follow you? Jake B Arians on on the Twitter. Uh, guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram. And Jamie, how can everybody follow the uh, official account? Yes. Because it has changed. Yes, we are at TDN Fantasy underscore. So just the same thing, but with the N instead of TD Fantasy. And so. then you guys can follow us on Instagram at TDN Fantasy uh, for, the, for the squad. Because there's going to be some great stuff that we're going to be putting out on Instagram. We uh, Shout out to Robert, our guy mm. that's working at the Draft Network because he is a graphics master. Uh, I don't know how he does gets all that stuff done so fast, but he does, and he will be putting out some great content for us. Please leave us a review. Look up TDN Fantasy. Leave us a review on Apple, and like we said, there will be merch. And if you leave us a review, there's a good chance we'll be sending you some merch. So thank you guys for listening. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.